This is the Soil Sense podcast where we believe that building healthier soils is not just a prescription, but rather a pursuit. It's a journey that requires collaboration, curiosity, and communication among farmers, researchers, agronomists, consultants, and extension. You're going to hear their stories and discover how and why they're working together to make sense out of what's happening in the soil. Hey, thanks so much for downloading this episode of Soil Sense. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich. The concept of mindset has come up several times on this podcast. I mean, it's clear that a lot of the farmers out there focusing on soil health are thinking about their operations differently, as are the researchers, consultants, and extension professionals that they work with. But the right mindset isn't something that you can just sort of set and forget. It has to be maintained continuously over time. That goes for soil health, but it also goes for mental health as well. That's the topic for today's episode. I realize it's a little bit different from our normal content, but it's extremely important. So I hope even if you came for purely the soil talk, you'll hear us out on this one. Every single one of us has likely experienced stress and anxiety at some point this year. For some of us, it's been chronic. Now, that may be you or one of your relatives or a neighbor or someone you interact with on a regular basis. Uncertainty, which is par for the course in agriculture, can really amplify these pressures. Then you add on to that the desire to try new practices like we talk about on the show and a challenging economic environment, and you have a recipe for a very high-stress situation. So joining me on the show today is Monica McConkie. Monica is a rural mental health specialist with Eyes on the Horizon Consulting. Her main contract is with the Farm Business Management Program in Minnesota. This is a legislatively funded position to do mental health outreach with farmers and farm families throughout the state. So she meets with farmers almost daily to help them through the unique stressors that farmers face. Monica understands farming as well. She grew up on a farm in northwest Minnesota that her parents and brothers still operate. We talk about how to handle some of these stresses associated with farming and working in agriculture, how to support others through challenges they may be facing, ways to be proactive with our own mental health, and how to handle feelings like judgment and regret that many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, experience. To start our conversation, though, I asked her to explain what, if anything, is different about rural and ag mental health specifically versus the same issues that may be in other contexts. You know, farmers are faced with so many uncontrollables, uncertainties, and unknowns, any of which can ultimately determine success or failure in their operation. So the weather being one, uh, commodity prices, things like trade and global economy and tariffs, and you throw in the pandemic, which interrupted some processing flow. And so that really affects mental health in the sense that they can work and work and plan and put in effort. And at the end of the day, it's something outside of their control that's impacting them and so the farmers I work with, I find a lot dealing with just this, a sense of being overwhelmed, uh, lack of hope for the future, you know, anxiety, depression, very common lack of sleep, 
difficulty in relationships. And that's another very unique feature in both rural settings and especially on the farm is you're more isolated on your farm. You are often working with family. So you're living with them, working with them. And that often can, you know, cause some difficulty in relationship. And then switching a little bit to rural mental health, we know that in rural areas, they're often underserved for both medical services and especially for mental health services. So to get an appointment um, with a therapist or especially a psychiatrist can be a very long wait or a lengthy travel. And for our farm families to think about driving somewhere for an hour and a half to sit with somebody and talk about feelings and emotions and thoughts for an hour and then drive an hour and a half home. That's a whole lot of time away from working on the farm. So that's definitely a a barrier and a stressor for our, our farmers or people in rural areas. Of course, now with the pandemic, the introduction of teletherapy has been more prominent. Well, I, I'm sure when you're kind of listing out some of those stressors that especially farmers face, there are a lot of people nodding their head and saying, yep, I could check every one of those boxes. But I think that there's a common perception out there amongst farmers, which is, yeah, everybody faces that. That comes with the territory. So how do you know when you know it's normal stressors versus you really need to find someone to talk to? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question because sometimes it's we're not the ones that notice that ourselves about ourselves. So if you find someone else saying to you, you know, I'm worried about you, you're not the same as you were before, you should go talk to somebody, you know, take a step back and take what they're saying at face value. As far as noticing things about yourself, or actually about you noticing things about other people like friends or neighbors or family. I really try to help people understand that when you know somebody and you have a relationship with them, you get a sense of their personality, of their habits, their motivation, their moods, how they look, how they dress, how their farm operates. And so you could consider that like their baseline functioning. So when you start seeing a change in baseline functioning, um, that's a time to to perk up, pay attention, reach out. And again, often it's other people noticing that about us or us noticing that about other people versus noticing it about ourselves. Um, and that can be because it's a slow change. We have our farmers are dealing with chronic stress, years of difficult commodity prices and some regulatory issues that some have dealt with. It's just a difficult time. So it's not like the changes happen overnight. It's been, uh, you know, years of accumulating stress that has caused them to be more isolating or to let some things fall to the wayside on the farm. Maybe you're seeing more anger. Maybe you're just not able to get up and out of bed in the mornings to do work. Or maybe you're up all night because you can't sleep. So it's what is the change from normal baseline functioning and what is impacting your ability to function in your day? So if you're finding that you are 
either not getting sleep so you can't function through your day or you're just wanting to sleep all the time or there's panic attacks and it's interrupting your ability to do what you need to do, that's a definite time to go talk to somebody. Absolutely. And you mentioned how challenging farming has become. A lot of our farm families, especially those that are multiple generations, have seen hard times before. Is there anything that's different now than ever before when it comes to mental health? Or is it just maybe more that mental health has sort of come to the forefront of the conversation or the stigma started to go away? How do you see that? I think there's some great positives about where we are at now in agriculture regarding mental health. I think it has become more in the forefront. I think it's starting to become less stigmatized. We still have a ways to go. But I reflect back to when I was a teenager, my dad was dealing with a lot of anxiety. So this, of course, was in the 80s when times were really difficult, interest rates were high, and um, some bad weather years. And he heard from one of the guys at the implement one day that they were talking to somebody. And dad thought, well, if they can talk to somebody, I can talk to somebody. And back in the 80s, that just wasn't common and definitely not talked about. So there was one therapist stationed in the county courthouse one day a week in the little town near our farm. And so, you know, who wants to have their truck seen at that place at that time? Because everybody knows that's why you're there. Plus, you have to walk past the lady who works in the license department, who is so-and-so farmer's wife, and the person in the clerk of court's office who you went to school with, and all of those dynamics in small communities that make it so stigmatizing. And so I think now it's, it's talked about more. It's talked about more in egg industry versus just on the healthcare side, which is super important. This podcast is an example. And so I think it is being normalized. Now, given that our farmers are still a group of people that they feel like they should be able to solve things on their own, It's very hard for them to be vulnerable and acknowledge what they're struggling with. So we have a ways to go. When we get to the point where mental health is as easy to talk about and access services for as our physical health, then we will be in a better place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I I think some might be saying, yeah, I know what I'm doing right now isn't sustainable and the way I'm feeling right now isn't sustainable. But It really is going in and talking to someone really going to help, you know, it's like laying on a couch and talking about all their problems. Can you talk about kind of what will, you know, what does happen that that does that can, you know, sort of help with these issues? Right. You know, I could speak for myself. I've been in behavioral health positions for like 27 years and have worked with a lot of people. and, And I think people are pleasantly surprised when they go to therapy. And and I often hear people say that everybody needs a therapist, kind of like a dentist or a chiropractor or a primary care physician, you should have a therapist. And so I think once you experience it, it's a different story. And typically what I do when I'm meeting with someone for the first time, it's really hard for them to dive in. And, and that keeps people away as well, because they think, how am I going to make this person understand everything I'm going through. Just know you can relax about that because the counselor therapist is the one that will guide you and lead you through that. A lot of times I just start out asking them questions about their farm because 
that's what they know. And that's what they're passionate about. And that's what they have put blood, sweat and tears into. That quickly leads into what the stressors are. So it's really a conversation about what's going on. And a lot of times in therapy, we get to what are you thinking about? What are your what thoughts are you having that are contributing to depression, anxiety, panic attacks, whatever the case may be? And so I work a lot with my farmers about peeling back the layers and getting down to the thought they're having that's causing them to feel the way they do. And that's where kind of the core of therapy is. And so we work on changing that thinking. Um, If it's something they can't control, like what do you do with that thought? For example, last winter, we had a lot of corn standing up here in the North Country. And so farmers I worked with spent a lot of time in the winter really obsessing about when am I going to get the corn off? What is the yield going to be? Is the snow going to melt and the ground stay frozen so I can get in the field? All those things that are totally outside of their control. So we spent time just switching their thinking to more proactive problem solving. Like, let's get our equipment ready. So when that day comes, I'm ready to get out in the field. Let's have a contingency plan. So if I'm not able to plant on those corn acres this is what the plan will be. And so it's moving from kind of an emotional worry, anxiety state to more of a planning, proactive, prioritizing place. Hmm. I think that's a great example because a lot of this comes down to what you said at the very beginning, which is there's only so much a farmer can do to control their situation. And that feeling of being out of control really can wreak havoc on your on your mental health. Are there any other general tips that we can provide that like the one you just mentioned, which is, hey, let's convert this worry into a plan? Yeah, definitely. So when I talk to farmers, I kind of focus on depending on the situation on helping them strengthen, especially four areas of their lives. And they are biophysical, we can call it psychological, um, social and spiritual. And so based on that, I often start with, you know what, are you are you eating? Are you drinking something besides pop, beer, energy drinks and coffee like water or milk? So physical health, how are you doing? How are you sleeping? Are you getting some intentional exercise? Uh, are you taking your medications as prescribed? Do you need to go to the doctor to have something dealt with? And a lot of our farmers have chronic pain because of injuries or just the work that they're doing. And that's difficult. I mean, that adds, you know, we're a whole body, our head included. So when we're having pain, that affects our mental health as well. So I kind of start there and just look at maybe what they're doing that could help increase sleep or improve diet to improve overall functioning. So we we do talked about that. So I I would encourage any farmer, any farm family member, you know, look at that during busy times, what's going in the lunchbox, what's going out to the tractor with you, what are you eating throughout your day, how are you taking care of yourself? And then from there, you know, what I talked about with the thoughts, that would be the psychological piece. And it's really super important when you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or angry or upset, just take a deep breath slow down a little bit and think what is what am i thinking about that's causing me to feel this way 
and let me deal with that thought, one thought at a time. Social, be careful about isolating. You know, sometimes when we see farmers struggling, we they historically would have been sitting at Senex in the morning with friends kind of talking before the day's work, or maybe they were in a community organization or church or what have you, and all of a sudden you're just not seeing that person around anymore. That's a, a huge red flag. So be sure you're you have your social supports accessible to you, people that you feel you can reach out to. And what I find with farmers is it's sometimes it's not family. Sometimes that's a, a stressor point, but often it's not other farmers either because of the competition over land and, and farmers don't want to show their vulnerability to other farmers. And that's a whole another dynamic we could get into. But it's important for you to have your support system, whether it's a pastor or priest or a friend, a spouse, an adult child, somebody that is in your corner and you can access. And then the last one is spiritual. In difficult times, it seems like people kind of go one direction or another. They really cling to and grow their spiritual beliefs or they uh, abandon them. Sometimes it's really taking a look at what what is driving you outside of yourself. So where does your hope come from? Where is your faith in something larger than yourself? And I'm not talking like going to church, sitting in church. That's religion. I'm talking, you know, bigger, broader. What drives you? What's your mission, purpose in life? Uh, what do you believe in? And fostering that helps us be more resilient. It helps us get through difficult times. Um, so those are kind of the four areas that that I focus on, of course, with a lot of it being on thinking. Thanks so much for that framework. That's really, really helpful. Can we talk a little bit about regret? A lot of the listeners have have completed their growing season, and they're going to probably spend a good chunk of the next five months reflecting on what they wish they would have done uh, or, you know, what happened and what they're, you know, what they're going to do next. And I think it's, it's sort of a prime season for these regrets to sink in. And I mean, is there anything we can talk about in, in terms of that, that might be helpful? Oh gosh, that is such a good point. I talked to farmers that are still holding on to regrets from 20 years ago, things, decisions that they think if they would have made different, then it would, they'd be in a different position now. And of course it's not helpful. And so it really takes some intentionality to realize you're doing it, catch yourself doing it, and understand that that's not going to help me move forward if I hang on to this. That's taking up a piece of my brain and my thinking and my time that should be spent looking forward and planning forward. So if there's lessons to learn from the past or mistakes or regrets, take those lessons, but then you need to move in one direction and that's forward. And there's no easy trick for doing that. It is really intentional thinking. So when you catch yourself having those thoughts was, oh my gosh, I should have, you know, if only I would have, or I should have, or I had no idea if I would have known, take from that what you would do differently in the future, and then find some acceptance and forgiveness and grace for yourself to let the rest go. And so we need to learn forgiveness and grace for ourselves and, and others and move forward. We are going in one direction. Right. 
What about the power of writing things down? I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but I've noticed for me, I can really sort of feel a lot better about things if once I start writing things down, whether that's a to-do list or just kind of writing down how I'm thinking. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's awesome. And one way to think about that and, and why that's so effective is there's a part of our brain, it's called the amygdala, and that's like the emotion center. So in teenagers, that's developing very quickly. So they make decisions based on emotion, and often it's irrational. And then there's the prefrontal cortex, the big front part of our brain. And that's the part of our brain that is rational, problem-solving, prioritizing. I mean, that's like the thinking part of our brain. So when we get stuck in times of emotion, whether it's being overwhelmed or frustrated, that like hijacks our ability to think clearly. And so if you think about, and I I could just picture my dad in this situation so many times, it's funny now, it wasn't funny at the time, but we'd be out in the field harvesting, combine would break down, rain clouds on the western horizon, He's trying to fix, but he's so intense and anxious that you can't think. And so what the repair that should have taken, you know, 30 minutes is now taking two hours. So writing things down is a great way to spur on your thinking part of your brain. You know, one big challenge in our group is that whether it's a farmer or a researcher or a consultant, They're listening because they're interested in new ideas. And so they're probably trying something new. And there's that voice in the back of their head. And, you know, it it really messes with them. You know, is there anything we can say to those people? Oh, that is so true. It's, you know, you worry about who's driving down the highway, looking at your crops and judging and talking about you at the implement or wherever, you know, that is a that's a very valid concern and worry in the farming community because it's not like your work is behind closed doors. It's out there for everybody to see and and judge. And that's another thing when you're having those thoughts, it's like, what can you say to yourself that kind of neutralizes that? So all of us have to make decisions for our lives that we feel like are in the best interests of our ourselves, our families, our operations. And other people are going to judge. They are going to judge. Sometimes we have to really look at who do we surround ourselves with? And is that, are they negative influences? And do they need to really stay around and be in our lives? If we're on social media, sometimes we need to be blocking out some of the the negative um, people we follow or that are commenting on our stuff. And so... Keep yourself focused. Uh, Often, I'm guessing these people are working with consultants and um, people who are guiding them in their decisions. And you know what? It's not always going to work, but you have a goal, you have a direction, and keep focused on that versus letting those other voices come in and get to you. Again, there's no easy way to do it. It's more about what are you going to spend your time thinking about? And so if you're allowing yourself to think about what you believe or perceive other people are thinking, that's taking away from your your time and energy and thoughts that could be going into your goals and your family's goals and your operation. And I think it's also important to know that it's a perception. You're assuming people are 
thinking certain things when really you're putting that on yourself. So letting that go. And you know what? People can think what they want. It's one of those uncontrollables. Most people are listening to this podcast because they're interested in building soil health and they realize that this happens over time. It would seem to me that mental health similarly is a process that it is probably common for someone to go to their first session with a counselor as an example and walk away feeling like, okay, well, that didn't fix my problems. Can you talk about the need to make it more of a, well, what we call a, a not a prescription, but a pursuit? Yes. Oh, great analogy. Don't give up because it didn't work one time. It's like, well, much like soil health, and we can also compare it to, say, a physical health issue. If you go to the doctor and they're not understanding you and you have a kidney problem and the two of you are not connecting, you don't believe that they have your best interest, you're not just going to quit and not go back and suffer with your kidney problem. You're going to seek out another doctor. And so I encourage you to be just as tenacious with therapy if you're not connecting that first time or if that first time it's not like, oh, my problems aren't solved. You're exactly right. It needs time. And there are skills that you're going to learn, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's taken you a lifetime to get where you're at. And a lot of the issues we bring with us in the way we think and the way we process emotion are kind of uh, developed even in childhood. So to overcome that in one or two or five visits isn't always realistic. So I just encourage you to stick with it. It's a it's a process and it it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, it, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, teletherapy. And obviously, it's got its pros and cons. But one clear pro that I see is that you get rid of that uh, stigma that comes with where where's your truck parked in front of, right? It, it, do you see that as um, opening the door for some of these rural needs? Yeah, definitely, I do. I think it's a really good thing, and and you know sometimes we could literally sit in our tractor or in our office and have a session with someone on the laptop or iPad or phone, and so it's. It takes that piece out of being seen or being, you know, that stigma of seeking help. Where should people go if, if they're thinking, okay, I do experience these stressors. I have noticed it affect the way I operate on a daily basis. Where can I go to get started here? Well, every state has its own resources. And so I'm going to talk just very broadly, wherever you are, you could access these things. One really good place to start is your primary care provider. Um, in rural areas, often they are a go-to. And be open with them about what you're struggling with. And often then they will, if they don't feel comfortable treating you with medication and they feel like therapy is the best way to go, they will often make a referral someplace. So a primary care provider is a good place to start. They can also run labs and make sure there's not some physical things contributing to the mental health stressors that you're feeling. Apart from that, every county has county social services. And a part of that is usually dedicated to mental health and substance use. And even if you're in a position where you don't qualify to receive county services, they can be a referral point for you. Next would be any of your mental health clinics or private mental health therapists 
in your area. And so you can easily find them by just Googling either mental health therapist, mental health counselor, behavioral health, and start a search there depending on where you're at. Faith community is also really important if you have a relationship with a pastor, a priest, or a faith community leader. That's a place to start as well. And many of them are very in tune to issues like this. They maybe haven't had the training, but sometimes that's a good starting point for people who don't feel like maybe they're ready to actually call a a therapist or a counselor. If any of this resonated with you, please utilize one of those resources Monica mentioned and reach out to somebody. Even if you're on the fence wondering if whether or not you really need help, that's the perfect time to be proactive about prioritizing your mental health and well-being. Thanks so much to Monica McConkie for sharing her expertise on this important topic. And I hope it equipped you to not only take more of an active role in your own mental health, but perhaps to also support others who may need it. Thanks also to the sponsors of Season 3 of Soil Sense, the North Dakota Corn Council, the North Dakota Wheat Commission, the North Dakota Barley Council, and the North Harvest Dry Bean Association. Don't forget to register for the Dirt Workshop. Like previous years, the event will focus on innovative practices in soil health, research guiding management recommendations and technology available to support on-farm applications. Only this year, it will be virtual. I'm co-hosting the event along with Dr. Abby Wick, live from Fargo. Registration is open to anyone interested. The dates are December 8th and 9th, and make sure you register today. www.dirtworkshopnd.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, let us know. Great places to do that are on Twitter or by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you want more information about any of the topics discussed, check out our website, www.ndsoilsense.com. We're excited to bring you another great episode next week.